Welcome to Attachment Theory in Action. Our podcast is dedicated to parents of children struggling with the effects of trauma and attachment disorders and the caseworkers, coordinators, and other professionals who support them. Your host, Karen Doyle Buckwalter, will introduce you to Kenny Miller, who will discuss the use and development of his developmental attachment-based psychotherapy model. Kenny Miller is a clinical social worker in full-time private practice in Tucson, Arizona. He has for 20 years trained agencies and clinicians nationally in understanding and treating developmental trauma. He has long sought a unified field theory for helping victims of attachment trauma and loss and gets closer every day. And now your host, Karen Doyle Buckwalter. So I am here with Kenny Miller, who has contributed a chapter to the Attachment Theory in Action book. And so excited to be with you here today, Kenny. Well, I'm equally excited and really appreciate the opportunity to um, talk with you. Good, good. So um, I want to talk with you. I know your model has evolved over the years. Um, and and you the name of it is developmental attachment based psychotherapy. But I just wanted to start out if you could just share a little about your professional background first, you know, where you practice that kind of thing. And then we can get into how you got on this path towards developing this model. So let's hear from you. Sure. Well, I'm a clinical social worker, MSW type, and, um, you know, currently in private practice full time. And for about the last um, 24 years in, in private practice and seven years with agencies and all of it here in Tucson, Arizona. And then I would say really for pretty much as soon as I, uh, you know, a very early was exposed to, um, you know, at the time, reactive attachment disorder. I think the last job that I had before I went into private practice was um, supervisor of a day treatment program for young children. And um, that that was, you know, educational and, and overwhelming and provoked me to get started in understanding really what we now call developmental trauma. So, so for quite a long time, and then um, really um, th th that's been the, my focus. I've been in private practice allows me the gift, the pleasure to focus on what I want to do to have my own agenda and self-determining in that way. And, and so I've really been focused fairly full time on, on trying to understand and, um, and figure out and help these children, basically. Um, and, and that's a little bit about my background. Great, thank you. Yes, and you know, I really resonated with your sharing, you know, you got this job working in this treatment place with these kids and and you were like whoa I have a lot to learn <laughs> I think you know most of the folks working in this area of expertise there was a point at which they realized you know everything I learned in graduate school may not be all I need here <laughs> yeah and and that it's a, really a lifelong journey too right of course, that you figure out as you go along. 
Right, right. Sometimes it feels like the more you know, the less you know. So, and so, and so, you know, all of us as clinicians are on this journey, you know, trying to learn. Um, and could you share a little bit about that process for you and how you got from, you know, where you started to now refining your model a great deal? Sure. Well, initially I was, um, you know, drawn to the really only model that was out there, um, you know, um, in really the eighties <laughs> and, um, so the evergreen, um, model, uh, the work of Foster Klein, um, presented at a hospital that I worked and I was initially, you know, taken by his work. And so really was involved in understanding, you know, developmental trauma through that lens. And really that was the only lens that was available at the time. For me, the earth moved when I attended a conference, um, the Infant Toddler Mental Health Coalition of Arizona has a conference every other year, um, several days, really world-class um, people. And I went to a workshop presented by a woman named Holly Van Goulden. And at that workshop, um, Holly shared her own story as an adoptive mother and her own journey to um, work with Foster Klein, who essentially told her that he was not able to help her, that her children were not able to benefit from his model. Her own journey then continued to understand and find a way of, of helping her own children. That led her to study object relations theory at the University of Chicago. And basically from the inside out to have, a, she developed a very different perspective on these older children. And, and basically what I heard Holly talk about was a way of understanding the behaviors, the symptoms that um, children with developmental trauma commonly present. And Holly basically articulated the perspective that every one of those behaviors, which commonly are known to include um, stealing, lying, lack of empathy, you know, the big, the big highlights that make the, the disorder so, so challenging. But she was able to really define those behaviors as completely normal behaviors that children use to cope with stress between the ages of birth to four. And, and then really having this perspective of the representation of the caregiver that the child is able to put inside them in normal child development. And Holly's language, what starts outside goes inside. And, um, she was then able to articulate very specific, very clear links. For example, a child that um, has a symptom, a certain behavior, we can understand that behavior now through a developmental lens of a very specific relationship skill that that child has not yet put inside themselves, has not yet learned 
-hmm. and that we learn those skills in relationship from the people that love us uh, as children. And really, uh, you know, that's the core of the model is that those are attachment skills, as I call them. And, and there's a very specific, I, I was, I loved the fact that it was precise, that you could say, um, this is a skill that comes out of the first year of life, the second year of life. And that that coping mechanism is all that the child has available to them in that moment. Um, and anyways, that was the big the big turnaround. And after that, um, I was very focused on this idea of the representational world and how children represent inside themselves the caregiver. And really, that's the deepest truth about who we are as human beings, um, which attachment theory has, you know, gone on to really articulate as well. So what would you say, if you had to pick one or two points from that talk uh, that impacted you the most in terms of, I was thinking this way, and now I'm going to be thinking in a very different way about something, like, what was it? Because I've heard you say before, it sort of turned your thinking upside down. Yes, absolutely. Well, what it, what it showed me was that, um, like, like that, that these were not skills that you could learn from the outside in, that so often we approach parenting um, from a common sense perspective and we approach parenting with the um, tools and the and the toolbox that we have inside of ourselves, um, but that basically none of that was going to work. The assumptions of the parent, of the caregiver, of the therapist, so often unconsciously projecting onto this child skills and capacities that we take for granted about human beings you look at a six-year-old, a 10-year-old, a 14-year-old, you have this big body. They seem to be autonomous. They seem to be choosing. They seem to be self-determined uh, in who they are. And basically, it was an insight that said, at least in situations of stress and transition and whenever things get a little bit dicey in my world, then the only skills that I have to use to cope with those situations are what I call B24 or birth to four playbook that are the capacities that I have available. And, um, and then understanding that has re really led me to develop a very specific, um, mainly I would say psychoeducational um, model that's very parent-centered and it, it, it separates out trauma from attachment in the beginning of therapy and and here's where I also was very um, influenced by the TheraPlay people. I met Phyllis Booth and and we had some excellent uh, discussions at the Attach conference mm -hmm. for a number of years and that object relations perspective in terms of 
for example, this uh, shared joy that, that the body grows and the intellect grows and all of these capacities grow, but that social emotional domain, um, what the TheraPlay people have really, the gift of that, part of that is that that hunger for the missed experiences is still alive in the body of the older child and it's available to release the development that that they never experienced mm -hmm. and and so so that so really over the years initially holly's language of um permanence and constancy as being skills that's very true that's very accurate but over the years, really trying to understand the barriers to people comprehending what I want them to understand about who these children are. And really, I distilled down the essences of what happens in relationship between parent and child, the first year of life, the second year of life, and the third to the fifth year of life on this uh, journey, the birth of the self, um, title of my chapter um, that really that that's exactly what we're doing with this work is giving birth to the self which has not yet been um, completed not yet become whole and um, and and really that gets at a lot of what it is so it's really psychoeducational it's parent-centered in the beginning of the therapy by way of understanding it's the everyday interaction that has the deepest capacity to release in real time this hunger for attachment, which still lives in the body of the child. Mm -hmm. And that you can drop down and you can offer an experience from the first year of life, such as shared joy, such as be the center of the world, such as uh, games of covering and un uncovering. And that, that joy, that, that the power, it's, it's like we really haven't understood that child development and its principles are available to work with these children. I think the barrier of trauma has been like a, a, a block at the gate to say, let's release the development of these kids. And basically mm -hmm. that's what I figured out how to do in real time, mm -hmm. in, in, in the present, um, in those daily interactions with parents and really have um, great success. Yes. And um, I remember, um, a very long time ago when I had you come and do training at Chaddock and you know in my journey I was you know going along trying to learn and then something would come along that oh wait like this is a piece I don't think that we're understanding well enough and I think um you know I think we had been talking about um you know looking at the developmental age rather than the chronological age it it wasn't that we had been using that language, but what I felt from what you were saying is we're still even thinking like that, making a lot of assumptions about where this kid really is developmentally, even though we think, oh yeah, we get that piece. 
Um, and so that is what really, really drew me um, to having you you come and and share your model and share your thinking with us. Thank you. Yeah. No, that's exactly right. And that that's exactly right. We we pay lip service to it. And and actually, you know, as I've continued on the journey, um, like I've I've had a pretty good handle on um, like I feel like I have a system. Uh, it's really very, um, very organized, very clear. I can teach it. It's very um, replicable. It works um, when parents get it. Um, and then I've been focused on, well, what are the barriers? Like, why is this so flipping hard for people to get? Like, why did I have to take Holly's three-day course three times, <laughs> which is really what I did. And I had the exact same experience, like, wow, there's something really powerful going on here. I'm not exactly clear. I'm going back again to try to understand it. Mm -hmm. And and that has led me, you know, to, to think about this idea of our own operating system, our own uh, Windows 10 that we stored inside of ourselves between birth to four, that organizes our emotional world, runs our programs, and is completely out of awareness. Um, and it is the world that we live in and we take those assumptions for granted. And, and that's what we bring to our therapy, to our relationships with these children. And it's very hard unless you are specifically supported and challenged to get underneath that, you are going to project that onto that child. And in fact, that's what we're supposed to do. That's why we were, that's why it's structured that way. So that we don't have to think through every decision about relationships and, and assumptions that we have that operating system on board and it, and it organizes our world for us and it lets us be creative and, and accomplish things. And that's one of the biggest barriers to um, help for these children is that that deepest truth about who we are, you know, paradoxically. Yes, yes, yeah. I, I, I understand, you know, when you start out, I think you think, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm focused on the child and how I can ch help the child. And then we, as we go along, we realize, well, no, wait, I I have to have the parent bought in now, wait, this is really about the relationship and not even these two people, you know, and, and you go in that journey and, um, end up, you know, I think in a really different place often than we originally start. And I, I will say that that that's another key piece, uh, Karen, in terms of what I figured out and really again, infant toddler mental health and, my immersion in that world, um, truly that academic professional discipline that you're so aware of, the zero to three um, conference. And, um, but really, uh, if you understand attachment, you understand the power uh, of the parent. Like, I mean, honestly, like we are wired to look up to see what to expect and, and who we are and it's very deeply mm -hmm. wild, and, and that's what I figured out, and that's why my model is parent-centered, 
in terms right. of what is the deepest truth, um, it is the capacity of that parent relationship to organize that child's emotional world during times of stress, but to then go inside to represent themselves inside the body of the child to become stored in there, that that's the source, the root of the skills that we want these children to grow. And it, it really is the power of the, the parent. And, and honestly, attachment theory, if you really live with it and internalize it as, as I know we have, uh, that's, you can't avoid that. You know, you can't, right. that, that truth is just screaming at you. Right, right. And, and that's what led me really to understand that the most effective and efficient way, if what you're, if, if what you're targeting is relationship loss between the ages of birth to four, then the most efficient and effective and deepest way to address that issue is to activate the real-time relationship between that parent and child. That's what's going inside. That's what's going to make the difference for this child. And that becomes much more about the everyday interaction between parent and child, less a focus of what happens in my consulting office. But in fact, you know, the model that I have developed uh, typically, like I mentioned, psychoeducation for the parent and then practice between parent and child in the session. And, but really focused on those relationship skills between birth to four, that's pretty much all we do in the beginning of therapy. And I like an educational model to, I can say to a child, this is about a skill that you never learned. Yeah. Um, and that's so much less um, threatening, as it were, than to talk about trauma. Right, right. You know, trauma is trauma. <laughs> right, right. So um, I, I want to also ask, um, before we run out of time, um, another big aha experience was your circle of security training. Yeah, And I wonder if you could extract for us some of the pieces that that really highlighted for you or gave you or how, you, how that shifted your thinking. Yes. Yes. Um, I saw Bob Marvin present at an attached conference um, back a few years now. And uh, yeah, basically learned about the circle of security and was completely enthralled um, immediately with the brilliance, the simplicity, the how they had distilled um, really, you know, 50 years of attachment research or 40 at the time, but yeah, um, and developed this model of teaching um, high-risk parents about the needs of their infants and children and their graphics, for example, the circle of security is a literal circle if you visit their website. Um, and then the circle of repair. Um, and basically what I got intuitively was that they were talking about um, literal infants and toddlers, but what they were teaching their parents by way of understanding those infants and toddlers was 
exactly the same thing that I wanted to teach my adoptive parents, for example, about understanding what was the emotional truth of this older child now that they were trying to parent. And, um, and so I've been reading their stuff and I was privileged to take the four day facilitator training here this year um, have access to the video that they use as a parent uh, facilitator. And basically, I would say, yeah, it has been um, exponentially um, powerful. And now I'm able to show this clip of what they describe as being with, and that was their language. Uh, or they got it from maybe Daniel Stern. But, but the words being with, and so whenever you've got this older child that is now in some capacity of disruption, dysregulation, anywhere from minor like irritability, but major meltdowns as well, but then really this is an organize my emotions moment. Organize my emotional world because I am not able to do that and I need that from you now in real time, organize my emotional world. And they do have this um, graphic, this, this little video clip of where the baby's mood goes down and the research actually, um, um, Bibi, uh, I can't think of her first name. Beatrice. Beatrice, thank you. <laughs> Beatrice Bibi and that Boston Change Process Study Group the micro um, analysis of the mother infant uh, video. And like the parents that track the baby, like be with me versus the parents that come against the baby. No, don't be sad. Oh, distract your emotion, but basically don't feel what you're feeling. Those children have to go a long ways farther down before they can start to come back up in their emotional regulation and the parents that are able to be with them, track it, stay with them, those kids come right back up uh, very quickly. And it's really this issue of it's being alone with something that's overwhelming that is the problem mm -hmm. for children. And, and so that idea of being with now, I'm able to take that for, to parents to say, this, it's counterintuitive. It goes against everything your common sense parenting wants you to do. But I want you to not go against this train that's rushing at you. I want you to find a way to get with that train. And then you're going to be able to steer it a, around to a different course. But you've got to be with it first. And um, that, that's it in a nutshell. There's so much, so much that the Circle of Security has really given me again, from an infant toddler, um, emotional world, older child, just completely applicable. Like, yes. yeah. yeah. You know, um, just the, the microanalysis of video and when you see that and it's so fascinating because in real time, you don't necessarily catch it. But when you have the microanalysis, it's as clear as day, isn't it? Yes. It, it, it's so obvious yes. um, when you can slow the interaction down and at to that micro level. I think that's one of the things that was so fascinating to me about some of those 
videos and the work of BB, like, wow. Yeah. Well, they really have opened, they've shined a light on the emotional world of the infant. Mm -hmm. But you have to be able to stop it and see that terror in the eyes or. Or what the parent's putting forth. And what the parent is totally putting forth. Yeah. Yep. Powerful stuff. And, you know, I think that's, as you talked about earlier, where those unconscious things are coming in that a parent couldn't necessarily articulate to you, but are happening and us being available to help with that, um, I think is so, so important. So, well, this has been so good talking with you. Um, You know, I feel like we've sort of, you know, seen each other's work from afar, you know, a lot of years now. And uh, I so appreciate, first of all, your, your contribution to, to the book. It, it's a fantastic chapter. I'm, I'm so excited for, for everyone to read it. And then also appreciate your, your taking time out to talk with me today. The last thing I want to let you share is if somebody wants to read more about your work, if somebody wants to bring you in for training or consulting or, you know, where, where can people find more out about developmental attachment based psychotherapy? Sure. Well, um, I will say I have a website. Um, it's woefully, um, unattended to in, in, (laughs) in, in, for a number of years. Um, this opportunity to um, present my work to a larger audience has um, inspired and uh, provoked me to completely um, redesign my website because I, I really get so excited about um, having this understanding and this work, obviously a wider audience. So um, really www.attachmentskills.com. Mm-hmm. The current website, it's going to be, it's under, I mean, I'm, you know, working with a developer right now to really completely revise it. It does contain elements of the model and the principles of the work um, and how to get a hold of me. Um, And I am deeply uh, passionate about training and and I, I believe it was the, your, your director at the time when you guys brought me in, um, he, he gave me very high praise. We had lunch and he said something like, I have not heard the gospel of attachment preached like that since my, you know, Baptist days in church. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I was like, okay, thank you. Yeah. Well, yeah. He, he was an amazing man. Um, yeah. yeah. He truly was. He, he really touched everyone he interacted with in some way. It's remarkable. So, well, good. I just wanted people to, to be able to find you. And again, thank you so much for your time today. Okay. And I just wanted to give you a shout out to the um, adult attachment inventory for adoptive parents. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That is a huge world that we want to go on to explore and really um, talk about that. And I really appreciate the effort that takes to bring that forth and your chapter um, or article, I guess it was an article. Yeah. Um, That is going to go far. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
Thank you for joining us for this edition of Attachment Theory in Action. Please follow our site, TraumaAttachmentCenter.com, or subscribe to our iTunes channel for future podcasts. If you enjoyed our broadcast, please leave a review and share with your professional network. For additional resources, training opportunities, and blogs, log on to TraumaAttachmentCenter.com. We hope you'll join us again as we continue to explore the world of adoption, developmental trauma, and attachment theory 